Once upon a time. Good day, citizens. Sally left me again. Over nothing. This is a friend of mine, Inspector Thirty Four. This is kind of personal. Would you mind? It's supposed to hail tomorrow. It is good, Bob. Good and frosty. Rules bite. A prime minister accidentally farts and whammo. It's the Korean War. You never understood me, Leonard. Hey, Frank. Nice wheels. Born to be wild, huh? No, suck my fumes, Nimrod. Snappy name, my little Vikings, and happy. On bass guitar, her head may be filled with numbers, but her veins throb with gasoline. She's Elma Cooter Fingerwood. Hey, Franklin, in my office. You have no idea what you have just done. My name's Dirk Wayne, and Hamilton is my name. What are you, his dad? As a matter of fact, I am his dad. Attention, all faculty members. Kalui Amatutu. Repeat, Kalui Amatutu. Don Ho will not emerge from the Valley of Darkness. Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our traveling time will be approximately 60 minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life. When it rains, it smells like summer. No! Boy! Boy. It was pretty weird stuff. Why? W-H-Y. Why? Sure. That's what friends are for. Be gone with you, Poppy! Before I fold you into some type of brochure! You really? You have tasted the dark side! Hey, everybody knows me. I'm, um, Mr. Tasty. <laughs> for time traveling, you cheese plug. Mr. Wrigley. I might not be the smartest man in the world, but again, Excellente. Drink that. It's milk. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And this is episode 199, uh, part one of our top 10 Pete and Pete episodes. Yeah, uh, it should be said that this is the first episode we're doing in person in yeah. 14, 15 months? Last February. Uh, last, last February, March. March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, we're both vaccinated, yeah. uh, and I believe the uh, occasion demands it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it feels good to be outside currently right now. Yeah. Uh, for Pete and Pete in particular. <laughs> it feels you know? right. Yeah. I was noticing, uh, yeah, we're doing this outside. Um, I was kind of like it can't be the first time I noticed it but on these episodes like noticing how much of like the natural sounds they left in mm, like yeah. um, you hear the bugs you hear the yeah. birds even like cars going by and there's something I feel like it's not just the music everybody talks about how great the music is and it is but it's also just the fact that it like feels yeah, it always feels real. Like a neighborhood. Yeah, like it's happening right now as you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you're not on a set. And, uh, you know, I think obviously this is probably, if not our favorite Nickelodeon show, it's it's up there. And uh, so it's felt like kind of we've been holding off on, yeah. on doing it. But uh, episode 200, I think you said last time, like, what are we, what are we waiting for? Yeah. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, it felt good, I got to say. Um I've been watching a lot of episodes over the last few days, in particular, and 
you know, I haven't given myself a lot of time lately off from, like, doing stuff. Like, I'm always working on something as I'm sitting there, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so this was a good opportunity to uh, give myself an excuse to just, like, binge some of these episodes. <laughs> and uh, it felt like... <laughs> it felt like I was getting, like, a weird... Uh, like meditative effect from it you know like five episodes in a row just feels good you know to get a fix of like good impressive storytelling and um i don't know yeah did you watch all three seasons i did not watch every single episode but i only the only ones i skipped were ones that i was like pretty sure i was not going to be picking for the top 10 and uh, oh, wow. and i flipped through some you okay. know just to make sure that i was yeah. that they were as i remembered yeah um so but i watched like the majority of them i would say yeah we we are including specials uh, yeah. so there's five specials three seasons so 39 episodes overall i didn't revisit the shorts but Neither did I. I can't thought, imagine uh, a one-minute short yeah, yeah. beating any of these episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was looking online, uh, and did you happen? Do you happen to know how much it would cost to buy a DVD off Amazon right now? No. Yeah, I was. I was looking just out of interest um, to see like what the DVDs cost. Yeah. We both have the first two seasons, and we have the third season, uh, courtesy of our fr- uh, listener and friend, uh, Jace. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, that did come in handy. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of third season episodes to watch in particular. Yeah. Refresh me. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the ones that I'm the least uh, familiar with. Yeah. But season two costs $176 oh. on Amazon um, currently. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's a shame, really. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, I agree with you. It is a shame. Normally I'm like, oh, I'm happy to have a, a thing that's hard to get. But, uh, at the same time, I hate to think of anyone being deprived of this in particular. Yeah. Pete and Pete's already seems so hard to access. Yeah. Uh, it's not on a streamer. Yeah. It's, it, so it feels like, you know, it, season one is not cheap either. Uh, season one DVD is $80. Wow. Um, and, of, and of course, the third season's only accessible. It's all accessible on YouTube. Yes. Um, for those looking for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what I was thinking, what I couldn't help thinking throughout this whole thing, though, was uh, boy, I'd love a Blu ray release of all three seasons remastered and how, how nice that would look. Um, yeah. Especially just... some episodes, like the best, ep- best quality available is like pretty poor. Yeah. Um, boy, I'd love to watch those. And, Full HD. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Without the uh, noggin symbol at the bottom of yeah, the screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was looking into it. Do you, so do you know how they came about the name Wellsville? No. Uh, it comes from, and we'll play a clip of it here. It comes from a song by the band The Embarrassment, and the hmm. song is called Wellsville. Oh. We'll hear it here. And it totally, like, it's cool because you can feel, like, uh, this song influencing the name of the city in the show also is a direct connection to 
all the music that ends up in the show. Yeah. Um, you know, to, I also noticed in an episode today, I won't tell you which one, uh, <laughs> they... <laughs> Somebody will know this, though. They um, mentioned Chug Hill, mm. and yeah. I, it just occurred. It didn't, hadn't occurred to me until just now, like Chug, the band yeah. that they use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, when you were making, so we're doing our you know six through ten today, or ten yeah. to six, and then we'll do our top five next episode. And by the way, if you turn off our episodes <laughs> after our list. Don't do that. Uh, we are going to have a very special guest for episode 200, and so we'll announce who that is at the end of today's episode, so stay tuned. Um, but when you were making your list for the top 10, did season like did season representation matter to you? Like, Did it matter if... I didn't even consider it until I was done and just went back and looked over what I had done yeah. and just left it. I okay. figured, what the hell... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh I in my opinion the three seasons are just they're very different. Yeah. Uh and so it really just kind of depends on what you're into. It, it, this time more than ever season 3 really came off as like a very different thing mm. compared to the first two. Uh I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was sort of remembering some of it a little bit uh not quite as honed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, when I went back, I some of these episodes um, were just really good. <laughs> were like yeah. better, th- much better than I remember. Yeah, like, I'm not disagreeing. I think there's just like a tonal thing about yeah, season three sure. that's a little different. Like I'm, in my head, like so when I think about Pete and Pete, like to me this time around, it's like oh, this is just a super sincere show. Like everything is about like sincerity. Hmm. In season three, it seems like it twists a little bit into antics. Like uh, yeah. yeah. Still sincere, but like uh, a little more like. I feel like that hyper. <laughs> I feel like I can feel that uh, progression from the start, kind of like yeah. it becoming slowly something else throughout its whole yeah. um, run. But I know what you mean, though. Um, definitely a little different, like a little bit more almost cartoony. Mm. Like it still yeah. works yeah. usually. Um, but it does feel like a little bit more over the top in some ways. No, yeah, it's it's interesting to go back and watch. Um, I've heard Will McRobb and uh, Chris Viscardi, the creators, talk about like the four things that mattered in the episodes were um, funny. Every episode should be funny, sad, strange, and beautiful. That was their four criteria. <laughs> I mean, those are four great uh, goals to hit. For a kid's show. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I can see the funny. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the strange and beautiful is, I think, what makes Pete and Pete different. For sure. And unique. Um, yeah. That's really ambitious. Uh, which is great. Which is... I feel like, ideally, what you would be striving for, no matter what you were doing. But, I, you know, sometimes it's harder than others, I guess. Yeah. Depending on what you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, by the way, if you hear a hissing sound, it's uh, that's not our mic. That's the sound of rain. It's like sunny but raining, which also feels kind of Pete and Pete-ish. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we, we are going to do our top or our bottom five, I guess, but not bad, you know, yeah. 10 to 6. We're also going to do our close call this episode and our Ferguson, which I'm very interested to see. <laughs> uh, for me, there was no question about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't. I don't think that necessarily gives it away. 
It just no, yeah. I'm, I'm to me, I so of all the shows we talk about, like we love Are You Afraid of the Dark, but legitimately there are some Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes where it's a five out of five. Yeah, yeah. and then there are some Are You Afraid of the Darks where it's like barely a one yeah, yeah, out of yeah. five. <laughs> and to me, Pete and Pete is almost like maybe it's like one could be a three, but yeah, yeah. they're all between three and five. Yes, almost. agreed. For sure, uh, nothing lower than that. And I, I've been ner- I This is one of the f- like few episodes since we started this podcast that I was nervous for because I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> I know yeah. I've I know I've omitted things that people are going to be like, "You idiot!" <laughs> but I was looking at it, and I really feel like anything in the top seventeen, I ranked them. Anything in my top seventeen could have been in the ten. I was right around there with you. Yeah. Where I, uh, the first thing I did was went through and just like picked out all the ones that I was like that I thought. These are deserving of top ten territory. Yeah. And finally, I think my final criteria for these was like, if any one of these episodes was removed, it would hurt the series. Like, like it's a, a nece- it feels like a necessary episode to the series' existence, kind of. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I, you know, without these structural episodes, the series just isn't what it is. Right. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, also, I just want to say that this bottom half of the list was significantly harder than the uh, top half. A lot more shifting. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, the top five felt almost unmovable for me. Um, My number five was, like, not set in stone instantly, but pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I have a real fear that you're number one. What I think your number one could be is mm-hmm. not on my list. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we'll, um, we'll find out next week. Yeah, okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I wouldn't be too worried. I don't think that's the case. But, okay, but okay, we'll okay. See. Well, maybe not, maybe not. Um, by the way, shout out to Brett Wilson, uh, who's done a great piece of art. Uh, he, he, there will be a piece of art for both these episodes, um, so really love that. Uh, he shares his favorite episode. We'll hear that next week. Yes. Um, and as we share our favorite episodes today, we're going to kind of intermingle our listeners' picks for favorite episodes. So, um, you know, every pick or so, you'll, you'll hear from someone in the episode they love. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, shall we? The time is, I, I believe, here. Yeah. Shall we jump into our favorite Pete and Pete's? Let's do it. Finally. I think uh, my number 10 may even be a little bit of a surprise in a way. That it's low or high? Low, maybe. Okay. Um, the Nightcrawlers. Wow! Because a plan so brilliant, so perfectly perfect as Pete's, could only have come from those who knew the bitter taste of being powerless. Clem, Natasha, Mort, Purvis, Libby, Pink Eye, and Artie! The strongest man in the world. <laughs> we are the Nightcrawlers. Ooh, snappy name, my little Vikings, and happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a uh, season one, early, early series, of course. Yeah. I think everybody knows what happens in this one. Uh, kids take over the night yeah. is the idea, but sure. uh, I think. This was probably the episode that, as a kid, got me hooked more than any other. Um, the idea of 
having total control of the neighborhood at night oh as kids. And we sort of did that a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, not not 11 <laughs> days, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One night at a time. Um, but uh, I know this is a classic, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that this may be their favorite episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess in recent rewatchings, my only real criticism of it is there's a couple of moments that feel a little bit uh, long. Or like yeah. a little... Drawn out? Yeah. Like okay. maybe when he's talking to mom at, at one or two points. Mm-hmm. Um, feels you, like... You can't lose that end mom talk. No, no. Oh. It feels like just a little bit... Like it could be trimmed down. I mean, I'm... Yeah. You know, it's, anything no, on no, this no. list is perfect, basically. <laughs> yes, I'm just if like... If it's in the 10, yeah. it's better than any episode of any other Nickelodeon yes, show. Yes. <laughs> I'm just totally nitpicking, um, and uh, I just felt like, especially in rewatching these episodes, I can see a little bit um, where they evolve, I guess, a little bit more, like their style, they get just a little better at it, Yeah. Um, but I love this episode, of course, still, oh I love gosh. seeing uh, Little Pete's friends, and this is like, this is one of those episodes where all the weirdness in it is like... Perfect. Yeah, you uh, get you get the uh, inter- international adult conspiracy. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you get Clem for the first time. Artie, I feel like this is like the first because I think this is episode three. Um, so he's not in King of the Road outside of like one moment. Yeah, in Day of the Dot, he's he's there. You know, he's kind of wa- he's wacky, but like this is a real display for Artie. Yes, for sure. This is an Artie <laughs> heavy episode. Uh, love him in it. Yep. He's like just on yep. in this one. Um, I love seeing the adults talk to each other on the phone. Like, there's a lot mm. of good stuff. Oh like, my goodness! These little hints of like how good the um, directing is. I guess. Yes. Um, one uh, Clem's facial hair is one of my all time favorite Pete. Like it's images, such a good joke. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so amazing. Um, there's just uh, yeah, there's something magical about this episode, uh, and I think it perfectly captures that. It's one of those one one of the episodes. There's a few, I guess, uh, episodes in which it's about the kids kind of having the power. Yeah. Um, but this one might be the best. If not the best, it's it's toward it. Yeah, and the struggle for power, right? Like um, yeah. that the parents feel in control, but then you also see them feel wildly out of control. Yeah, yeah. And that Joyce, uh, played by Judy Graff, she she's such a perfect mom for the show because Wellsville is so insane and so strange, but she always feels grounded and not ever totally against Pete, right? Little Pete, in this yeah, case. Yeah. She feels like... She wants to be on his team, and so that's like that's that be- that's that beautiful part of the episode of like at the end of them finding compromise and how it could work. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is one of a few episodes that also reminds me heavily of a time before the internet. Mm. Um, I don't know that maybe it's just that they're outside, so like. You know, more yeah. kids are outside. Yeah. Uh, but it really reminds me of that time period. Um, and, like, them, the, the family in the house at the one point, and just, like, the clock ticking. And, <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it has kind of a time, like a classic feel to yeah. it that it could have happened at any era. Um, I, I love just the start, right from the start when Pete's trying to bargain his bedtime, and, and, and Don just goes, "Do we ha- do we have to do this every?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, we've done this before. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great episode. Um, great. Okay. Um, so my number ten is "Farewell, My Little Viking" Part One. <laughs> Appearing in a timely fashion, seemingly from nowhere. Be gone with you, Popey, before I fold you into some type of brochure. Go recycle yourself, paper cut. <sighs> oh boy, I guess you told me off. Very tough, Wrigley. You're a real butt kicker, all right. But I guess it's easy to be brave when you don't have to fight your own battles. True to their source? Papercut's words left a paper cut in Pete's psyche. It was a small wound, but it was painful. And once it began to fester, it infected Pete's soul and soon threatened the future of one of the greatest friendships in the universe. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what to think about this on multiple levels. Well, what level? <laughs> uh, uh, first, that it's on the list. Hmm? Second, that uh, it's not part two. I mean, maybe that'll be on your list. I don't want to ruin anything, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, first impression. Well, this episode, of course, is uh, the end of Artie's uh, reign, part one of it. Uh, The adult international conspiracy has decided no longer is Artie welcome in (laughs) Wellsville. And they're really trying to plant the seeds to get little Pete to kind of let go of Artie, get rid of him. Um, You know, the all-star supporting cast member here is definitely uh, John McFlimp. Yeah. Uh, played by James Redborn, so passive aggressive, uh, so conniving and uptight. Um, you know, there's there's a great moment in here that I noticed for the first time. You know, his whole thing is that a boy's dad should be his superhero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a moment where he's talking about his son, and he has to pause, and you realize he's forgotten his son's name, which is <laughs> is his name, John Junior. <laughs> it's a great moment. Uh, anyway. I think this ends up being a, a lovely send-off to Artie. Uh, I will say, right off the bat, I don't, I, I don't want to get too spoilery, but part two does not uh, is not on my list. Um, it's just madness. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not giving anything away from me either, uh, but... I, I Well, go on. Finish yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. spiel. And then... Well, I just think, I think the first part uh, tackles the really emotional and funny elements... Uh, we get to see little Pete come to his realization that Artie can't keep being his crutch. Uh, we meet an iconic nemesis in Paper Cut. Yeah. Uh, you know, short-lived, but long-remembered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just... I think it's the best uh, representation of the adult international conspiracy. The first part just feels faster to me. Like, the, the fact that the second part starts with, like, the recap before the theme song... Um, you know, the uh, Artie in part two as the adult, like being normal Artie, yeah. is classic. It's great. But part two just doesn't have the same momentum to me as part one. And like all the really key elements to me outside of that last goodbye in part two, part one is just the better part. And I, it feels essential to the show. Kind of what you mentioned, like a, a sh- uh, episode that the show can't survive okay. without. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I, I going back, I did not. This is one of two episodes on my top ten that I did not think would be on my list, um, but it felt so crucial, uh, and it's just a very funny episode. Like it's it's got a ton of laughs between Paper Cut 
between John McFlemp, Iggy Pop. Um, Don's really great in this episode. Um, a couple of my favorite lines here. You have no idea what you have just done. Paper cut, classic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, be gone with you, Palpy, before I, before I fold you into some kind of brochure. And then, of course, Artie to Don. Oh, Don. Oh, Don, hold me. Oh, Don, it hurts. Um, yeah. yeah oh, this is season two, episode 10. Uh, yeah. I. It's funny because I had a brief moment when I was watching these two episodes uh, where I thought... You know, I wonder if Joe would pick the first half over the second. Because hmm. I was like, without a doubt, the second half, for me, is better. How come? Um, a lot of reasons. Like, you were saying it moves slower, but I feel like the second half is like, all the stuff I want to find out is happening. Like, ready for it. The, Interesting. The standoff with paper cut. Yeah. But the paper cut element is the most, like, non-vital. It's not... Uh, I well, mean, it's, vi- it's vital. It's vital. Okay, but okay. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's not vital to the plot, maybe as much as some of the other stuff, but it's vital to the, like the feel of the story. And hmm. um, I, in the first half, a- after I was done with it, I felt like I just felt like it was a little bit long. Um, my favorite part, without a doubt, was first seeing Artie and Pete uh, ride through on the land canoe. <laughs> yeah. Iggy Pop, I hate yeah. <laughs> um, But the second part, I don't know, it just like felt filled with stuff happening. And uh, I think it was the second part where McFlem finally gets pissed off enough to smash the land canoe action fi- his son's action uh-huh. figure against the side <laughs> of the house. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I loved seeing Artie as like a as a adult too, and his. Uh, that he's still living in the porta potty or porta yeah. john. It's uh, the what's he say? It's the <laughs> not the Kretschmeyers. I, I forget. Their yeah, yeah, yeah. People uh, show up at his porta john to, for a party. That is the best segment to me of two. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I. It, I mean, the second half was very close to making it on my wow, list. I just. Okay. Uh, I finally ended up cutting it off for various reasons. But okay. Okay. Um. Interesting. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so funny. as I as I mentioned, we did get uh, submissions from people, and I figure we'll just share this one now because someone else also picked uh, Nightcrawler, ah. and that would be our best bud, Max. Nice. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's hear what Max had to say. Hey, gut buckets. It's Max. Uh, my favorite Pete and Pete has to be Nightcrawler's excellent episode. Always makes me think about staying up late with my friends playing outside and just staying up until the morning god bless you all nice so there you go Very his nice, favorite nice. all time um, yeah uh it's it's hard to argue yeah i love it yeah. any, any of these could be argued i yeah. feel yeah. um so uh yeah great pick i i still get i admit i still get like the magic feeling from all of these Nightcrawlers is each one has like a particular feeling yes. to it yes you know? Yeah, some some feel kind of closer to each other than others, um, but Nightcrawler is pretty singular as yeah. far as like there's not a ton of nighttime. There's Halloweeny, but there's not a ton of nighttime peeps. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's cool in that respect. Um, okay, number nine. Yeah, number nine. I think this might also be a semi surprise. I don't know. Um, last laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the enemy. 
Notice the abundance of freckles, the innocent smile. Don't let it fool you. Uh, but, uh... Ah, don't you get it? The hygiene singers are coming today. April Fool's Day? I know how Wrigley thinks. He'll try something. Uh, aren't you being a little paranoid? <laughs> paranoid? Information, Wayne. Why? Is it someone big? Is it Schwinger? That's it. You're going after the man. You gotta be crazy. Relax. Schwinglitz isn't so tough. You don't think so, my friend. Oh, Season three, it. episode I seven. I love it. <laughs> this is one where I went back to it. I was blown away by how yes. good it was. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I actually had a different episode in my mind of this season, like, ranked higher, and then I suddenly, um, like, as I was re-watching these, like, the, the genius of this episode kind of just struck me. <laughs> um, this is, like, one where the cartoony features uh, are really evident, and I was uh, especially paying attention, I actually watched this one twice, um, and I was especially paying attention to it the second time, because I thought... You know, is this over like too over the top? But I don't think it ever quite crosses the line to being too much. It's like always just this perfect, like outrageous moment, like uh, the smoke behind Nona's ears. Mm. Uh, just like I mean, that seems super cartoony, but when you're watching it, it like it works, it fits. Yeah, you know? it feels like good. It's like yes, this is great. <laughs> um, I love uh, Pete's like. Uh, seeing Pete's friends and I think like the later season friends um, especially like Nona uh, Wayne and uh, Monica Um, and I think this may be their pinnacle like them together episode I agree I mean there's there's kind of a two-parter here with um, Last Laugh and All Nighter it feels like absolutely connected yes Um, but yes they really work as a team here I mean Adam Adam West just knocks it (laughs) Out of the park is Kent Schwinger. Amazing. <laughs> Every line he has is incredible. Um, he guests as the principal. Yeah. Uh, he's obsessed with hygiene. They're bringing in the earwax people, uh, you know, the ear cleanliness people. Yeah. And he's so jacked about it. He's, yes. It's so great because he's so excited for this. And it's like, the you know, it's April Fool's and it's the perfect thing for Pete to just... Yeah rain down (laughs) on his brain it's so bizarre too like as a kid i almost part of me like didn't really get it like what the schwingers thing even was yeah but uh it's just so strange um but uh i also love the um cream the whole creamed corn like Mm. thing the imagery of it is great and pete uh the label of it it's like weird just the whole cream corn yeah yeah cream corn whatever um, and the twist actually yes i was gonna say that. i've seen this episode before yeah. <laughs> and i always forget yes. how many people are in on it yeah you know, that you don't think are in on it yes um yeah it's an amazingly like packed episode and each step of the way i am like surprised by what happens next yeah uh it feels the pacing is awesome i love it it feels just like you're rolling the whole time like from yeah. the get-go yeah. um even the beginning when pete uh pranks dad for April Fool's Day, like, 
<laughs> I mean, the prank is fine. Yeah. But when you are presented with, like, little Pete on the other side of the table and you find out it's April Fool's Day, yeah. it just feels like this is going to be That's a great an epic episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this had to happen. This is a great premise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get Pit Stain, uh, uh, who is our third third season nemesis. Even though Mike shows up, it seems like Mike is more assigned to Big Pete. Yeah. yeah. And now little Pete's got his own nemesis. And, uh, yeah, Last Laugh, I think, is uh, under... You know, I hear I don't ever hear anybody no. talking about it, and it's um, I truly enjoyed watching it. Yes, it's amazing, an amazing episode. Um, I was even expecting like some schwinger, some of his best. Like, there's some good moments in other episodes, but yeah. I didn't expect him to be this strong in this one. Oh my god! I was just like, he just comes this in. Incredible! Like, the whole thing's like he's been there all three seasons. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love I love when he gets uh, you know supposedly known to turn on Pete and he's watching them argue and he just goes, oh this is so good. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's like savoring. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, his whole like group of adult of like teachers yeah. against Pete. Yeah, is great. Um, and there's a couple moments also where like uh, these are kind of cartoony where the door gets knocked down. Yeah, uh, it's it all feels perfect to me. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that ended that ended up on your list. Uh, it's yeah, I I was truly like, I feel like going into it, I wasn't expecting much, and then after I was agonizing about like, can I even get this close to my list? Like, should it be there? Part of what uh, part of what informs this for me was like how much joy I was getting out of each episode as I watched them. And this was one of those ones that I was just like, I loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about it that much, but uh, Wayne in this episode is also top form. It's going to be a solid day, Pete. Solid (laughs) as a rock. (laughs) Speaking, uh, I hesitate to say this even because I feel like it'll be taken the wrong way. But I feel like in some ways, Wayne reminds me of how I imagine Max as a kid. Like, mostly in the ways that he's like, when he's by himself especially, like talking to himself, like saying, uh, you know. Wayne Pardue on the moon. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Something about him. I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. I did think that uh, not he wouldn't be like Max as a kid, but I thought the actor who played Paper mm-hmm. Cut, I was like, this kid kind of <laughs> looks like Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, last laugh. I'm that. That's a pleasant surprise. I think my number nine will maybe be a surprise to you. Mm. We'll continue on the third season. Okay. Um, I didn't think it would make my list, uh, but that is. So I guess there's three episodes here that I didn't think might make my list, but this one did. This is uh, season three, episode four. Uh, that is splashdown. But then Uplinger uttered two words. Two words that changed the tide of history. You know what that music means, youngsters. It's time for Adult Swim! Once again, won't you please welcome the adults of Wellsville Municipal Pool. Weighing in at a sturdy 240 pounds, he's a driving range owner that likes to call himself the king of the road. Say hi to Don Wrigley! 
Lily's call makes it shake like a stone, but that doesn't stop her from being the lily of the pond. Nothing makes a kid's blood boil more than the dreaded adults. I had a feeling just your lead up to it that this was going to be it for some reason. Uh, you know, I, I can't argue with it. But uh, I loved it when we, we did an episode review of it. Yeah. Um, we, we've done Nightcrawlers. Uh, we, we have... N- we've done Splashdown and I loved it when we did that episode review I I couldn't almost believe how much I loved it and it still feels so like so Pete and Pete has several different feeling summer type episodes but this one is one that I can really relate to as far as going to the pool it feels like very lived in uh, the community of Wellsville's all in one place Um, I really love Pete and Pete's where you can kind of see like the Pete's struggle with one another yeah you know season three in particular you get the sense that like this is either a little pete episode or this is a big yeah. pete episode yeah. and there's very sure. few in between and this is one of the ones where in season three it felt like oh they tapped into like kind of like season two formula yeah, yeah. um you get uh, of course uh matt uplinger the uh you know kind of the star guest star in this episode as the jerk lifeguard uh you know java Thank you, Mr. Jabber, for being so good to me. Um, and, uh, you know, Big Pete is trying to become the head lifeguard, uh, but Little Pete is trying to destroy Adult Swim is the basic premise here. And, uh, you know, that leaves them in an awkward position of having to kind of show, face off. Uh, and the, the stakes are so high, which I love. It's like, you know, it's the pool, but like, yeah. for Big Pete, it's about a job. And for Little Pete, it's about kids' rights. Uh, and, like, it's so important to them. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's a fantastic summer episode. It has like a lot of really fun elements. Um, I loved it. I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine Pete and Pete without Splashdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do love it. I mean, I, even like hearing about it and thinking about it, I think, I don't know why I don't like this episode m- more. I mean, I like it a lot, but like why it didn't make my list. Um, and I think that the last time we, when we talked about it, um, I just like detected some 5%, you know, thing that I was like, eh, maybe that's not perfect. Hmm. Um, I don't know even exactly what, like maybe, uh, maybe the scene, there's like a scene in the shower. Yeah. Maybe it's like that. Or <laughs> Big know? Pete's trying to, you know, like play it cool with little Pete, like, boy, what's up yeah, with this yeah. adult swim? <laughs> Like it felt like maybe that wasn't absolutely necessary, yeah. um, but it is a great episode, and I love the concept. I of course love summer episodes. That's yeah. I'm a sucker for those. Uh, it feels like everybody's having so much fun filming this one. Yeah, uh, you know, little Pete and Big Pete on the jet skis in the yeah. pool. <laughs> little Pete in the like costume, pretending to be the yes. old woman swimming. Love that. <laughs> love that. Um, I feel like the end of this one, too, like, this wasn't one that I rewatched, but I feel like the end was really good. Yeah, well, they're trying, throughout, Monica is trying to figure out who the urinator is. Yeah, and they yes. figure out that it's yes, Matt Uplinger. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they toss him out. Um, so, yeah, they're in this, like, really celebratory. It's like a zoom out yes. from the pool, and yes. everybody's just having fun. That. The balls yeah. are flying. Um, my favorite line from this episode is, that means you, Mrs. Blowtard. Let's get that rearing gear. <laughs> I um, love that. And Mrs. Blowtard. Oh, yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great it. name. Um, so Splashdown. Again, season three surprised me. Now, there there are a couple episodes of season three that I did not hold up as 
as well as I was yeah, hoping. Sure. But um, this one is one that, like, throughout when I was a kid, when we did the episode yeah. review a couple years ago, and then watching it again this time was like, I, I can't, I can't leave it out. It's a joy. Yeah. It's a joyful episode. Um, there is a season three episode, one in particular that didn't live up to my expectations mm. upon rewatch. Is it your Ferguson? Uh, no. Oh. Okay. Um, but I don't want to ruin it in case. You know, maybe you picked it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, all bets are off at this point with uh, "Farewell, My Little Viking" Part One. Oh come on! <laughs> um, I think I think I could definitely understand the argument of Part One or Part Two, like that sure, argument sure. of like which one. Yeah. But I I think like having one of them on the list. I, is... I agree. I was very te- I, I was tempted. I I don't blame you for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I've, I mean, I've I wish we would have just considered it one. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that would have made it a lot easier. Would have made your list I think it, it would have had to if it yeah. was one. It was just too big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, not totally yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, let's listen to another pick. Uh, this yeah. one comes from Vince or Vincenzo. He's been Vince. on the show a couple times. Yeah. Hey there, Big Orange Couch. It's your old buddy Vince. Uh, oh, come on. Why is everybody turning off the podcast? Come on, I'm not that bad. Okay. So, favorite Pete and Pete. This is definitely a card question. I think I changed my answer multiple times, and I finally settled on one, and it's going to be an episode from season two, Halloweeny. Looking back, uh, the nostalgia is reigning true with this one. Everything from loving Halloween as a kid and loving Halloween in the 90s, and then Remembering, similar to Big Pete, that first Halloween where I didn't want to trick-or-treat and I was kind of over it. So, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before about this episode, but it's definitely one of my favorites of the series. And it'll always have a great you know, place in my memory and in my heart. So, Halloweeny is the one for me. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, uh, I love it. love the pick. Um... An episode that it does feel like part of the fabric of Pete and Pete, Um, especially being so big on Halloween episodes Mm. um, as a kid. Like this was an essential Halloween episode to catch during the Halloween season, and Um, and different than most of like what Nickelodeon Halloween was, which was candy or costumes or going like to a haunted house. It felt like uh, it was actually dealing with conceptually halloween yes. like growing out of and into halloween for sure um yeah. yeah and a lot of good imagery in this episode i love how it looks oh my goodness uh just unbelievable kind of that they <laughs> apparently blocked off a street and yeah destroyed it that's uh, <laughs> so great yeah with uh with cross guard frank uh ducking yes. behind the bushes <laughs> um yeah cool well thank nice. you for sending that vince we really appreciate it uh, that will take us into our number eight. Yeah. This might even be a surprise, huh. um, that it's not higher, possibly. Um, Hard Day's Peak. As he raced towards school, a strange new feeling raced through him, and suddenly it hit him. It wasn't supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to care. But as the feeling blasted through his heart, he knew nothing could ever be the same. He had a favorite song, a song he could call his own. After he heard it, 
The only thing he could think about was hearing it again. The only problem... Nobody knows, nobody knows. ...was that nobody was home. Anybody home? And no one was around. Uh, Surprised. Okay. Yeah. Season, <laughs> season one, of course, we've talked about this one a lot, I feel like. Um, yeah. Just, it... You know, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with this one where I like, I think it's the, the problem, the slight issue that I have with it is uh, that it's somewhat of a downer episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what, more serious. that's yeah. in, for my own personal tastes, it's, uh, it was, that's why it's this low on the list. However, it is definitely a, a necessary part of Pete and Pete, um, Huge music episode, uh, and just being about music is amazing. Like this, this particular thing. When you're growing up, and when you find some music that hits you, uh, it's part of what Pete and Pete does the best. I feel like, which is um, these really. If somebody told them to you out loud, they would seem like regular mundane concepts or something or like just not that not interesting enough to like yeah kid build hear, a whole story kid hears of. a song wants to know what the song <laughs> yeah, is yeah yeah <laughs> but they just find a way to take these like simple con seemingly simple concepts and like flesh them out in this really satisfying way this is one of those episodes i feel like super satisfying yeah. especially when you get to the end of it it feels like you you took the journey with little pete to find that song and yeah, I don't know feels like you were there with him the whole time um, I love seeing uh, the band of course that's like probably my favorite part about this episode is the whole from the band part on um, yeah. not that I don't love the other you part you mean Little Pete's band yeah, yeah. the, the blow the yes blows. yes <laughs> it just like feels like it's the story's like ramping up yeah. the phone calls um, yeah can you play this song yes uh, actually hearing them perform the songs is a ton of fun yeah um yeah it, yeah it does it, it has like a lot of components for as simple as it is um little pete not just deciding like i need to find the song but i have to learn how to yeah. play music yeah. to find the song is, is so cool you know i also feel like uh little pete having wart radio mm-hmm. it's one of those just things that i feel like as a kid it kind of implants something in you where you part of you starts to think maybe I can do anything. Yeah. Like, it's those little things where it's like, that seems almost possible. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you you could imagine how it could happen, at least. Right. Um, so it gives you that, like, sense of, like, maybe I, maybe anything is possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the fact that what makes Pete and Pete Pete and Pete is not just that it's possible that he sets up his own radio station, but that the entire town of Wellsville seems yeah. to listen <laughs> yes, to yes. it and call in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, it, that it's become like it's a, like how successful you imagine this these ideas in your mind right. becoming yes. that they actually become that <laughs> idealized <way. laughs> yes yes like this I will see this through yeah yeah, um, yeah it's it's a pretty special episode uh, we did an episode review about it uh, a year ago and um, I, I talked pretty openly about like its influence on me and my life mm. and my love for music um, I love that they incorporate the house band right so like that's also like a super bold move to take the band that's in your, literally in your opening theme, and yes. then like 
throw them into the <laughs> yes. episode too, being like, well, this is the band in Wellsville. Yeah, <laughs> that's such an amazing, surreal move. To have a, first of all, to have a real band mm. in the opening sequence, and then yes. to make them become not only a part of the show, but like a mythical part of the show. Right. It's like, you still don't know who they are. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. They're playing in your front lawn, then they're playing in a garage, and <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Like, like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So good. Um, okay, well, great pick. Obviously, I'm not gonna argue yeah. with that. Uh, number eight again. Anything in the top ten to me? If it was in the top ten, it could have been in the top five almost to me. Yes. Um, yeah. These are, you know, I, I hope people can appreciate that uh, we, we spent time thinking about this oh, and uh, that yeah. whatever your list is, is just as right as whatever yeah, yeah, our list yeah. is. I think um, people, I, I think a lot of people probably feel this way, but like when I was watching these episodes again, um, I'm just feeling the whole time like these are essential parts of like my personal canon of entertainment basically like things that like i feel like exceed all other yeah stuff all other media i guess we've talked about this before but it had to be kind of how some adults felt in the 90s when twin peaks aired yeah yeah. you know like this is for kids and so like for a certain type of kid watching it being like whoa like this is for me like this is weird and cool and funny and musical it had to be kind of the same experience for like adults watching twin peaks of like whoa, there's a show on ABC that, like, yeah, is yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's suddenly amazing, like, completely different from anything I've ever seen before. Yeah. And, and Pete and Pete, in a lot of instances, goes there. It, like, it For does sure. things that it's still, in 2021, well, definitely in 2021, that feels like this will never happen again. Yeah. This, this is oh, not yeah. possible. Um, and I feel like one of the reasons, to me, why it feels not possible is this rare occurrence of, like, because it's so good. Yeah. It's like, this was done so well, no one's doing this anymore in this way. Like, nobody has done... It's one of those just, like, singular things that exist, that they nailed it, and nothing has been like it since. Yeah, you couldn't replicate it. Like, you couldn't try to replicate it, or it would just, I think, be bad. I mean, it's obviously, like, the right people at the right time, at the right place, the right channel saying, like, go ahead and make it. Yeah, Um, and all being on top of their game yeah just yeah yeah it's amazing it's pretty cool uh well my number eight uh i suspect it might be on your 10 Mm, who knows who knows uh it's not an episode that you know it's an episode that we have a history with it was the first uh episode of pmp we ever did an episode review on uh season two episode one uh that is grounded Ah. for life wow after we get out of here petunia i'll treat you to a nice juicy steak Okay, make my medium rare with grilled onions. Who said that? Up here. My name is Nona F. Melkwinberg. As for Francis, I'll get a legally change it, either to flame or forklift. I'm Pete. My dad grounded me for a month. I'm tunneling out. I wish I could get out of here. I hate this place. So does Nimbus. <laughs> hey. There's a kid out there talking to my lawn. And when we did the episode review, you and Chris were a little, like, <laughs> appalled by the fact that I didn't give it a 5. I, I gave it a 4.5, uh, which means I still love yes, it. Yes, yes, <laughs> of course. But, uh, you know, 
this is definitely an episode that as time has gone i've like i've been brought around to being like no this is a perfect episode yeah. uh it feels perfect um fourth of july being grounded escaping to canada lawn care the new weird neighbor it just like it has so many elements going on so many strange but funny things going on being grounded of course is something that like kids can relate to but also then like you know tunneling out of your house feels like oh he found it's something you fantasize about maybe it's not like something you could uh, do but like you're like well why not like yes Yes. go out through the front yard (laughs) yes seems logical enough um we get to meet nona this is nona's first episode uh she moves in she's got her cash she hates wellsville yeah Uh, she's with her dog nimbus um and it's like also a relatable feeling of like here's a show where like a kid is lonely that like doesn't have anybody they connect the first person she connects to is like this kid underground she's talking yeah. to the grass in just a amazing shot yeah the uh, eyeball yeah oh my god um it has, I think, one of the, we've talked about it. One of the most beautiful sequences of Nona hanging her old house Ugh. pictures of her old house on her new house. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. When I rewatched it, it made me happy. It's another kind of joyful summer episode. Even though, like, the premise is like something bad's happening to Pete. It's always about like finding a way to like overcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a great episode and. Uh, I would give it a five now. <laughs> wow. Okay. I These like are, that. If, if it's yes. in my 10, I'd give it <laughs> yeah, a five. So. Yeah. Love that. Um, yeah. This is another one of those ones that again, just like, uh, so captures a certain moment in childhood that it's like almost mind blowing. Um, and it's like, and it's another one of those episodes that's kind of like before, Technology um, took off as big as it did, and they weren't really getting into technology on the show. I mean, there's in the video third games, season a little but, bit. Yeah, there's um, I actually noted. I don't think it'll be on your top ten. Uh, Road Warrior, where like he's in Mister Slurm simulation, and I was like, this feels yes, yeah, yeah. weird. Like this feels like too much technology. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, this feels like sort of a. Um, high point for the surreal blending with the real Mm. uh in just like a seamless fashion to me uh yeah it's a fantastic episode of course a summer episode um and i was thinking about this while i was rewatching. was uh could this be the best fourth of july Mm. like anything ever I mean, I can't think of another thing that rivals it. Yeah, I'd need time to think on that. For, are we not counting Independence Day with Will Smith? Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, no, it's it, it, it. If yes, like it's about the fireworks. The episode starts with a picture of the founding fathers in Philadelphia. You know, you have the Statue of Liberty coming through the lawn, all time shot. Yeah, it's it feels patriotic. Yes. It's all about freedom and yes. um I mean I don't even think much about that like I wouldn't say patriot patriotic is like a bit huge part of my yeah. uh <laughs> who I am. Yeah. Um but well, this well, you're episode wearing your makes US me... flag shirt right now. <laughs> uh this episode definitely makes me like 
more than anything ever, I think, makes me feel more like that. Yeah. More like appreciative of all of this stuff. This the history of the country and what have you. Yeah. Um yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think this episode more successfully I think the first season episode Don't Tread on Pete like attempts that. But yeah. This is the uh I would say the better version of it. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> Once they uh, just, like, knew exactly what they were doing, like, revisit the concept and just blow it out of the water. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, you get, like, a real great family dynamic in this episode. Don, of course, really shines. Uh, we got to talk about uh, Lurgner. (laughs) Yes. Like, that's how good this episode is, is that, like, a good villain is completely overshadowed by everyone else. And he's still great. Oh, he's he's wonderful. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) <laughs> doggy PP is a uh, doggy wee wee is acid. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. he's just uh, he's like a perfect foe. I love the neighbor foes in yes. Pete. There's a oh, couple, yeah. um, but it watching a lot of these episodes in a row was uh, like um, bombarding me with the names, mm. and I'm just like, how did they do this? These are like the best <laughs> names ever, over and over and over again. Yeah, things that like I would never come up with probably. Uh, just, it's amazing. Yeah. When we got to talk to Will McRobb, I'm happy we brought that up because yeah. it's it's certainly one of the things that I feel like, uh, boy, they nailed it. Yeah. Every name. And that that's just one of those, like, I feel like that attests to the level of detail as much as anything. If you're trying that hard on these names, yeah. like, that's, like, the lowest level of, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. All right. So far, our lists have been a little, um, little Pete centric. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, I didn't even notice, but I think Splashdown's the only one where it's like kind of a co. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Sure. Well, let's look at another listener pick. This person shares your number eight pick uh, as their favorite episode. Uh, So this is um, from Kevin, who picks a hard day's Pete. Hello, BOC. My favorite episode of Pete and Pete would have to be Hard Day's Pete, which I remember hearing on your show, one of you saying that it would be pretty hard for that to happen this day and age where you could just Google the lyrics. Well, that doesn't work if it's a super obscure song. I'm actually living this episode because there's a song I've been trying to track down for like a decade now that I remember from when I was in high school. I graduated in 2002. It was on an Immigrant Sun Records promo CD with bands like Miracle of 86 and Saves the Day, uh, Homesick for Space. I don't know if you're familiar with any of them, but it wasn't any of them. And it was some other band that probably broke up as soon as this thing came out. And I remember the song started with, This much I know it ends alright. Something, something, something. One Quiet Night. I've been looking for this song forever. If anyone out there knows what this song is, please get at me, at TMNT Nerds on Twitter. I would really appreciate some closure on this. I can't find what this song is. Thank you guys for 200 episodes of entertainment. You guys are amazing. I love this podcast. Wow. Someone's got to help. <laughs> Someone has to help. Uh... Kevin out here. Yeah, I feel like uh, having some of the words, somebody should have some recollection. Or even knowing the compilation it came from. Yes, that's especially important. Yeah. Like, he remembers the bands that were on it and the 
label? Yeah, I think Seems so. like that should be findable, yeah. I think. Well, someone help them out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we brought that up on our Impossible episode. Yeah, um, I forget about that. That, uh, you know, Hard Day's Pete feels more impossible because there's like, you know, you could lift your phone up and identify yeah. a song, but I guess if you, yeah, I guess if you don't have access to the song, it's harder. Uh, I had a, I've had an experience like that actually, like, through Pete and Pete, trying to figure out what a couple of the background songs were that were, like, not regular, not like rock bands, like, yeah. most of them, but, like, just weird, obscure, uh, like, techno or something from some other country. Um, yeah, I... I remember us doing an episode where you were trying to find one. It might have been Nightcrawlers. I, you were trying to find a song, and I, I, think I couldn't find it, it either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess it so. Happens, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some love for Hard Day's Pete. Let's yeah. uh, let's move to number seven. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm. I don't know <laughs> how this falls for you, Uh-oh. but uh, I, I, or if you picked it, but uh, my number seven is Inspector Thirty Four. Mm. Mom, Dad. This is a friend of mine, Inspector 34. <laughs> Inspector 34, yeah. And I am Don Wrigley, 37 stout, down from 38. That's right. Joyce, the way you stay size six is an inspiration. Pete, Ellen, you've grown so fast it's hard to keep up. You know us too? Well, I look after many people, but not many invite me to dinner. Uh, love this episode this is one of those um this is one of the episodes that really showcases pete and pete's ability to again um like stretch this weird concept into a moving story um the inspector is a great character i love just pete uh i love this idea that pete has had the same guy his whole life it's just it's like almost right in front of you the idea but um, but it's so wacky at the same time. It's like a perfect combination. Um, this is one of those episodes that I guess it feels summery to me. I don't think I put it on my summer list, but like it really feels like a summer episode. I love um, seeing Pete's friends. Uh, the idea of them like um, calculating their kick the can game <laughs> yeah. has stuck with me forever. Yeah, um, and. Just this concept, the other concept, which is like that life is not about being perfect and to, you know, there's maybe a place for perfection, but then a place for being normal. Um, It's just like a kind of a heady thing for a kid, but like great, I think, too. I think it like slightly confused me, maybe even as a kid. (laughs) Uh, Just this whole, just the whole episode together. but uh, it's one of these episodes that we spend a lot of time outside in Wellsville, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, this was the first time it ever occurred to me, but there's no Artie in this episode. And this is almost like Pete trying out a replacement uh, superhero or yeah. something. Like, just trying it on for size. See how it would be to live like this instead. Yeah. Uh, so that's just kind of bizarre. Um, and then... Uh, I absolutely love Don's whole uh, bone stacking storyline in this. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah, that everybody wants to like figure out what it's like to be perfect. Or yes, something. everybody's trying to figure out how how to be perfect at their own little yeah. game. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it's just a such a bizarre half hour 
I'm not sure there's anything else quite like this episode. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one that lives on, I think, pretty fondly amongst Pete and Pete fans. I mean, that character by himself is just such a like a creative creation. I mean, yeah. he the, there there is this thing of people inspecting underwear, these tags, <laughs> and so like that strange element of like, well. What if this was a person? Yeah. And what if they yeah. were really monitoring yeah. your <laughs> your growth? And um, you know, if their job is to be perfect, then perhaps this is this is who they actually are. And uh, you know, the guy they casted here, um, Johnny Johnny Ottavino, I believe is the character's name. Yeah. Thirty four. He is. Um, he's just he's perfect for it. Like he doesn't overplay it. Yeah. Um, he seems like someone who like is very serious about his work. Uh, and it feels right and real, even though Absolutely. it's so absurd. <laughs> yeah. You know, that little Pete meets him in the woods at night, yeah, yeah. and then he just becomes part of his life. It's, uh, it's fantastical while also being, like, totally kind of plausible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm sure that I mentioned this when we talked about this episode, but he has, the most recent thing I'm aware of him doing is uh, voice in succession, Oh, uh, he's like. Oh yeah, I think you mentioned this. Yeah, <laughs> and one, I I believe he's the voice. There's an episode where Kendall is yelling, like kind of starting to like swear at this guy on the phone, <laughs> uh, stupidly. Yeah, and I believe the guy he's talking to is Inspector Thirty Four. Wow, actually, Inspector Thirty Four. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? Uh, of course, it's got one of our favorite lines, which is, um, "Come on, little femur, give me purchase." Yes, I just. <laughs> I was just cracking up to that earlier. Uh, give me purchase. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about like coming up with that line. Yes. Give me purchase. So it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, great pick. Um, yeah. My number seven is uh, an episode. Again, I couldn't imagine the series without. Mm, yeah. Um, I'll be interested if it's in your top ten. Uh, I. I Again, my gut. I'm always wrong on this. My gut tells me it's not. But uh, it is season one, episode one, uh, King of the Road. The king was feeling totally invincible. I could tell by his elbow. Scientists have proven that the amount of elbow a dad has out the window is directly proportionate to how full of himself he is. Did I ever tell you guys you're the best family I know? You are. <laughs> I mean, I'm making great time. I'm traveling with a great family. Hey, hey, what do you say we do something special? Eh? You know, make a pit stop. Bug juice on the house. And hey, we'll even break out the paper plates. Yay! <laughs> hey, well, why not? I mean, I'm way ahead of schedule. How could it hurt? Huh? <laughs> well, the As we were about to find out, it was going to hurt, and it was going to hurt bad. King O'Fraud. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you right now that it didn't make my list, but it was one of the ones I was, like, agonizing over how to, like, shoehorn it in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's always been one of my favorites. Um, oh, I got got to show you the sticker here. I, I, I see it. I love it. <laughs> King O'Fraud. Courtesy of Allie uh, at uh, Big Door yeah. Prizes. Um, I've just always loved this episode. I think it's the perfect introduction to the Wrigley family. A, a road trip to the Hoover Dam, uh, you know, it showcases Dad and you know his belief in being king of the road and that he's superior. And Mom kind of being the supportive mother, trying just to make things functional. You get 
all of Little Pete's antics. I mean, every every little thing of Little Pete, you know, opening people's garage doors, playing the oh, harmonica man. out the window. Yeah. And then you get kind of Big Pete struggling to kind of go along with this growing up, you know, being lovelorn, uh, but also you know, being a Wrigley, playing roadkill yeah. bingo. Um, I think it's just an ingenious way to start a series, like on a road oh, yeah. trip. They're not in Wellsville. Um and uh, it's funny. It's like a yes. very funny episode. Yeah, it feels now that you mentioned like how that it starts the series, like it does feel like almost like they're challenging themselves to yeah, like p- just put the four main characters in a car and what can you do with it? Yeah, um, I mean that's bold. Like that could easily and it never feels boring. <laughs> no, like no. It, it it flies by. So it, it is bold, but it, it but but almost by like minute ten, you're like. I've always known these. I've always yes, known this family. Yes, and I mean, that's like, what's so amazing. It's like, it could have gone wrong. Yeah. If it was anybody else, I guess, doing this. Yeah. Uh, and it just hit every note. Yeah. It, it, like, it, it, they're gruff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, like, also weird for a kid's show where, like, everybody, like, mom's got a metal plate in her head. Everybody's a little yes. weird. Yeah. Um, there's nobody that's perfect except for Mr. Perfect uh, <laughs> in the other family, which I love that. I love setting that standard, too, of, yes. like, well, here's your normal family. Yeah. Uh, and what's actually normal is this weird family who, like, wants to be <laughs> perfect like them. You know what I mean? Like, that's more, that's, Americans are, and I think people in general are weird. And uh, everybody's got something a little off about them. And there's always this want to, like, be king of the road yeah yeah but you're not yeah you're yeah. king of fraud <laughs> <laughs> i don't think too many people are identifying with mr perfect and family is my guess i mean i don't know um but this is an amazing episode uh it's it really showcases how good the writing is on this show it's mm-hmm. like it's so perfectly plotted out i mean if you like think about it in the parts of the episode and how it all comes together in the end. It's just like, this was obviously done by uh, people who knew what they were doing. Except they talk about like how they didn't. Like they uh, never, I mean, they, 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 I should they, say like, that's what makes it amazing. I feel like maybe they did. They didn't know that they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an incredible episode. Um, I love the Joyce line. I don't think this is about making good time anymore. <laughs> Uh, he's a Wrigley Joyce. Wrigley's know how to hold their water. <laughs> that whole scene where they have to stop yeah. and jo- Joyce is running through the yeah. fields and um, Pete and Pete's particularly very good at like having to do the bathroom stop scenes. Uh, Yellow Fever yeah. also <laughs> features this. Um, yeah, it's a to me it's a quintessential episode. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't leave it out of my ten. Um, I think there are episodes that I'd be more prone to like just click on yeah, instead. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, it's essential Pete and Pete. And uh, like I said, yeah, I think the perfect introduction to the family. Yeah, I think you're right to put it in there. Um, at the When I was finally deciding, I think the thing that kept it off was that uh, Big Pete's storyline with the girl is not maybe not my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode itself, it, it's a classic. It's seared into my mind uh it feels like a real road trip oh it's yeah hot it feels yes. hot the whole time yeah. uh, I, I love that pete and pete never uses sets really i yes. mean there's like the occasional like 
Pete in the tunnel yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But like otherwise, they're in cars, yeah. they're in houses, and so you can feel like four people and probably you know a camera person yes. stuffed yeah. in the car. Yeah. Like, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Also, this episode maybe has has some of it my favorite, if not my all time favorite, uh, like sh- uh, stock shots with the music going over it. Mm. Um, particularly the. Uh, your long white fingers oh scene. Oh my gosh. Goth- and they're just lost. Yes. <laughs> Gothic Archies. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure there's ever been a scene in anything that better illustrates like heat. The mm. hot heat of summer. Feeling like you're just like done uh, yeah. from your road trip, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, and that's a, such a real feeling of being like, this is too long to be yeah. in a car. Yeah. This is terrible. Get me out of here. Yeah. King of the Rib. So good. Yeah. Uh, well, I mentioned that I have this uh, beautiful sticker on my computer. Uh, Allie, who was our guest on um, Write an Episode, um, Clarissa Explains It All. She has a, she runs a Pete and Pete Instagram, uh, the Krebstar Industries. She also has a site, Big Door Prizes, where you can buy stickers, shirts, uh, mugs, all sorts of really cool things. Um, and uh, she, she uh, submitted her pick, which is the same as your number seven, Inspector 34. Nice. So let's let's hear from Allie. Yeah. Hey, Grunge Bags. It's your pal Allie and Krebstar Page Manager. My favorite Pete and Pete episode is Inspector 34. To me, it's a perfectly written episode. Who would look at something like the Inspected by Tags and think there must be a story here? And who would turn that into a masterpiece? This episode has it all. Appearances by the whole Wrigley family with a focus on Little Pete a plethora of Krebstar appearances, and a quirky storyline focused on underpants. One thing that really stands out for me besides the precise and tremendous writing are the performances of Danny Tamborelli and Don, John Adevito, who per- portrayed 34. The bond they instantly create is an attribute of their skills as actors. I had the privilege of talking to John Adevino on my podcast, and despite constantly doing a grueling career picking up side gigs, he said the cast and production from Pete and Pete was like working with family. This was so assuring to hear because we watch the citizens and families of Wellsville and wish to be a part of that family. So it's nice to know that given the opportunity, we'd be welcome with open arms. John Ottavino also has a son who plays professional baseball, and the role he tells people who his dad is is none other than 34. This episode focuses on perfection and and analogizes so well why the pursuit of perfection can make life miserable. It also focuses on taking on big tasks alone can be tough, and working with others is a strength, not a weakness. Both lessons, even as an adult, can still be hard to grasp, but the writers of this series didn't think it was too difficult to teach kids. To sum up the perfection of the writing, the scene where 34 is eating barbecue again perfectly, only to learn he did so wrong. Eating barbecue imperfectly is perfect. Can you think of anything to do imperfectly that makes it perfect? I can't wrap my brain around that concept, but these guys did. So much skill and thought went into an episode about underpants, and that's why I'm eternally grateful for the minds and performances of the greatest television series of all time. We also have to be thankful for the lines, is there more to life than underpants? And, come on, my little femur, give me purchase. Thank you, Joey and Andrew, for hearing my thoughts, and thank you all for do- Thank you for all you do for the 90s Nick fandom. Congrats on 200 episodes, and here's, ho- here's hoping us listeners are lucky enough to get 200 more. Love you guys. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, that was great. Um, that uh, did remind me, um, one thing I didn't mention about this episode was... Uh, the very final moment where he bites into his chicken oh. leg and gets the sauce on yeah. his face. Like yeah. something about that. So gratifying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. 
Yeah, so perfect. Uh, really appreciate you sharing that with us, Allie. Yeah. Uh, 200 more episodes? I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot. That feels grueling. <laughs> it's been like four years just to get to this. Um, but uh, we're, we're so appreciative that everybody is supporting us. Let's, let's yeah, hear one sure. more. Let's okay, hear one yeah, more. This one's from our buddy Manny, nice. who joined us for yeah. Wienerville. And I think he has a pick that it's probably not on either of our top Ooh. ten. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. uh, that he picked this. Let's hear from him. Good morning, guys. I wanted to say my favorite Pete and Pete is 35 hours. Now, I don't want to give a lot away with spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but their parents go away on a trip for the weekend and another family comes into the picture and makes their lives a bit stranger than they already are. But at the end, a lesson is learned. This episode is filled with what I think makes Pete and Pete a great show. It's in the summer. Little Pete has big ideas to make their weekend spectacular. Big Pete is starting to shy away from childhood as he gets older. And this episode is filled with great music, Margie tucking on her earlobes, a great idea to stand in front of the fridge for 45 minutes, Krebs Zeppelin, and Santa being shot off into space. Legend has it that Santa is still floating around there today. See you guys. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, I, I feel like that's a really strong pick. I will spoil and just say that it's not on my list, <laughs> Okay, but... It was one of the episodes of season three that I was like pleasantly surprised by, uh, that I just didn't remember all the details from. Um, but he's right; it's a great episode. Um, I, that shot of uh, the Santa flying through space yeah. is like, oh, I love that. Yeah, um, it's it's so interesting because like right off the bat from season three, like this is a kind of a almost like a statement episode of like things are going to ramp up a little yeah, bit this yeah. season. I mean, if the Kretschmeyers feel almost crazier than anything that's yeah. ever been on Pete and Pete. Um, but it is so much fun. Um, you mentioned the uh, Krebs Zeppelin. Yeah, so I love Do you Did you see what the album's called? Uh, like, So-So? So-So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's conceptually. It's just one of those concepts where it's like, as a kid, where it's like, yeah. my parents have left. What happened if... Yeah, yeah. Like his family moved into our house. Yeah, like you were just kind of asking for that um, idea to be used. And I kind of love, you know, I know he doesn't want to spoil it, but we're spoiling. Um, (laughs) I love that there isn't really, they don't get out of it. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of waiting for them. I was like, how do they get out of this again? And they don't really. Like the parents come back and the Kretschmeyers are like, no, we're not leaving. And you realize they had to buy the house back. Yeah, the end is just like. (laughs) A week later, they had to move away. Oh, yeah, they went to Alaska. <laughs> um, so I love that it wasn't like they had figured out just in the yes. nick of time yeah. that, that uh, the Pete's had to just kind of await the arrival yeah, of their for parents. Sure. Yeah, that's something that uh, the show does so well over and over is like this is an example of them like never going to the most obvious story place. Like, uh,. I feel like this episode is maybe the most, I don't want to even disparage it because it's a really good episode, but like the most of a cop out maybe saying they sold their house in a week, uh, you know, they sold their house a week later, um, but it still feels better than if they had, if it had just worked out, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Um, it's just like you. Yeah. You feel panicked for them. Yeah, it just yeah. lets you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. All right. Well, let's let's get to our last official pick of this episode, number six. So close to being in the top five, but not yeah. quite. 
Yeah. And this... for, for me, it was like these two could yes. have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, I finally decided on the trouble with Teddy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're really, you're repping season three here. Yeah. It's a family bonding thing. Tonight's American Dairy Night. Excellent. Now this is family fun. The Dairy Way. How come Pete gets out of this crud? Because I have a guest. Mr. and Mrs. Wrigley, I just want to thank you for letting me stay here. I've only been here for three minutes, and I'm having the time of my life. It's our pleasure, Teddy. Hey, Pete, what do you say we do a little speed walking? Night is young. Hair is crisp. Uh, speed walking. Gee, uh... Well, well, why don't you stay here? In a few minutes, your mom's going to make some curd. Heel to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe. Brilliant scam, pal, brilliant. What scam? What scam? You kill me. I, uh, we do talk about this episode, mm-hmm. um, and I still love it. I rewatched it just for the joy of it. Um, it's so Teddy heavy, and Teddy is so perfect at this character. David Martell. Oh my gosh. Um, just nails this. Like, it, it's this perfect tightrope walk of like, Teddy's super annoying, but also he's like a good guy, you know, and he's, he's trying, trying to do the right yeah, thing. He's yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like this, it's one of these, this concept in particular is like, maybe some other shows have done it a li- to some degree, but n- I don't think ever as well as this. Mm. This is like my ultimate annoying friend episode. Um, and everything about this is great like i love this episode's a little cartoony too at certain moments um i love teddy just like driving the rest of the family slowly nuts uh that's great um every of course teddy's like catchphrases in this one are unbeatable yes uh excelente uh what what you didn't know that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and this is another one that like a lot of it takes place outside too and you know what? Something struck me uh, at the beginning of this one when they were f- doing their first um, Wrigley family event. I was like, "They this is really cartoony, but looks really real. Like, this is one scene that you could look at to be like, how do I make a real scene seem kind of, like, animated? And Yeah. yeah. Um, like Don in his big cheese <laughs> outfit. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. Dairy night, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to, uh, talk this episode up enough. I just, like, get so much joy out of watching it. And I love the ending, too. I mean, I know we've talked about this a little before, but it's, like, it's not a real resolution, but it's sort it's like a real-life resolution. It's how life is. Yes. It's <laughs> just kind of, because unre- Teddy figures out they don't, they don't want him around. So it makes you deal with, like, kind of that sadness of, like... He figures it out. They figure out that he's figured it out. And now it's just kind of this like, okay. I feel like he almost, there's even a moment, I feel like it's almost a moment of like, does he know? Yeah. It's like he should, I think, or is he like blocking, I maybe knowing, little, you know? You know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. think he's onto it. But Yeah, and, which and, is a whole, it's just a whole nother like tightrope act of like, how do you portray this? Yes. You know? Um, yeah, so good. Teddy's character is just so great. Like, the only thing I regret about Teddy's character is that he's not utilized more in other episodes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you wish he would uh, almost become like the Wayne Pardue or the yeah, Nona, where yeah. it's like he's just always kind of... I will say I love both Wayne and Nona, though. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> and Monica. <laughs> yes, yeah. They got rid of Artie, but they they certainly like stepped up like, well, yeah. <laughs> here's three great people. Yes, yeah. It's crazy with. when yeah. you think about that. Like, getting rid of such an integral part of the show and yeah. then upping, arguably upping their game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. Well, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we got to talk to David Martell. So, so if you awesome. didn't if you didn't yeah. catch that, go back check out our interview with him. Uh, he's just like such a super nice guy, and um, it seemed like he kind of confirmed a lot of what we suspect about the show that it was like a family, and that yeah. um that it was just a ton of fun to make. So, uh, trouble with Teddy. Love it. Love it. Uh, my number six uh, was number five for a while, and then I I, I flipped some things around. Uh, that would be season one, episode five, Tool or Die. Wow. <laughs> Tell me what it is. Relax, Mr. Wrigley. Calm down. Are you comfortable? Stop asking me that. Well, I want to know because I am very comfortable. I have been ever since you finished building this air conditioner for my office. That's it? An air conditioner? That's the special project? Oh, Mr. Wrigley, give yourself a little more credit. This isn't just an air conditioner. Look, it has three settings. Low, medium, and over here we have high. I prefer medium. You feel that? Okay. <laughs> okay. You right. seemed you seemed shocked. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised to see this. First of all, on your list. Secondly, this high. Uh, Let me just say, it was a joyful experience watching yeah. it. Like I, it was this kind of how I felt about Last Laugh, where it was like, oh, I love this episode. Yeah. Um, where I never really let myself feel that. Like mm. when we talk about episode reviews, I'm always kind of. I, I feel like a few times I've been like, well, what about Tool or Die? But I'm never committed to it. And if it came up again, I'd be like, we gotta do Tool or Die. <laughs> um, it's, I think, Endless Mike's masterpiece. I mean, he's great in a bunch. Time Tunnel, uh, Pinned. But I feel like, you know, he's, like, in charge here. It's Mr. Slurm's class, but it's Endless Mike's class. And uh, I love the dynamic between Mike. The the you-come-to-me speech is all-time. Yeah. <laughs> you need a screw. Come to me. You come to me. Um, and this episode is almost exclusively set in like one classroom but you never really feel that uh which is pretty impressive uh i love big 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 pete's like total like whatever attitude but mr slurm kind of uh not letting him off the hook like one of my favorite scenes is when a pete builds the block with just a nail sticking out of it and puts a candle on (laughs) and uh he he, uh, what does uh slurm says he says hmm Yes, Mr. Wrigley, there's real poetry here. <laughs> uh, Slurm also feels like this real teacher who, like, you've had him before where he's, like, he's kind of a jerk, but also, like, he really wants the kids to get something yeah. out of it. He's a great, great character. I think uh, they should not have tried to replace him in season three. Just, they should have just made it a different character. Driver at, Why not? Yeah, you new know? character. Doesn't need to be Slurm. Yeah. Because um, yeah. th- this guy is just so absurdly strong and believable as a shop teacher. It's yeah. like, there's just... N- That's him, yeah. 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 Uh, played by um, Jude Sicilella. Um I love, he, he's like wearing Pete down, but he's also got a goal. Yes. 
I don't know. This episode feels great. And Little Pete, he's only in it for like two minutes. Uh, he's the dismemberment insurance salesman. Uh, so even though it's like a slight storyline, it's still really fun. Like Little Pete with the slick back hair yeah. in a suit. It's always really fun to watch him play that part. Um, and, you know, one thing I noticed about this episode is that it's like a lot lighter on music mm. than other episodes. And I love oh, it because it's I, kind of the silence yeah, of the shot. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, perfect. I yeah. mean, I love... I never thought about it before but when you say that you can hear like all the um, like reverberations and stuff inside the shop room and yeah. that just makes it feel even more like a kind of terrible shop room yeah you know, just a quiet lo- or loud alternately yeah um but it's just like industrial noises and yeah um gr- i i love this episode i think the reason why i didn't make my list is like it's always been a little too close to home for me like it feels almost too real at times especially when i was a kid i was like god this feels so much like school that i can hardly <laughs> handle this yeah, yeah um, but that's also kind of what makes it so incredible yeah they nailed school. true yes, yes. absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely um i do love uh, endless mike in this his like yeah uh the moment that i always think of is bill like cutting the, cutting oh the wood gosh. wrong and the didn't screen. I tell you <laughs> never cut against the grain yes. of the wood but uh, of course as you were saying um, the th- uh, low medium high uh, medium <laughs> one, of the, one of the just best things I've ever heard yeah uh, uh, amazing oh my gosh um, um, another great line from this episode yeah. uh, is when um uh, Mike goes, what are you, his dad? And Big Pete goes, as a matter of fact, I am his dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but the uh, teacher also, I, it, it is like a real-life teacher where they're tough, but it's like the good version of a tough teacher versus, yeah. as it turns out, yeah. versus the horrible version, you know, like the only tough right. total just, jerk. Yeah, just being mean to be mean. Yeah, this yeah. guy actually is like, his way of motivating kids yeah. is kind of do this. And there were teachers. We had a gym teacher that was kind of like this. And in middle school, we had um, a shop teacher. Um, that, Or, I'm sorry, an art teacher. Uh, who was Mr. T. He was kind of like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's like a real thing. I, again, I did not think this episode would be in my 10, but I loved watching it. I feel like it's one of the episodes where they give Big Pete something a little more fun and interesting to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love Tuller Die. Yeah, yeah. I, I, very surprising. But um, did you did you rank all of them? I didn't. Okay. Uh, you know, something I could <laughs> theoretically do. I, I would just be interested where like some of these <laughs> yeah, fall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's hear a few more clips here. Yeah. This uh, this one's from our friend Cassandra. Nice. Hey Joey. Hey Andrew. So my top episode of the Adventures of Pete and Pete is from season two it's episode 14 in this episode pete and ellen try to solve the big mysteries of the universe and write their finals papers their new friend joe convinces ellen and pete to change their science paper topics to the search for alien life in wellsville and johnny you in the universe which focuses on the 1958 nfl championship game between the baltimore colts and the new york giants many say this was the greatest game ever played and this game touts 
its own set of unique and interesting facts surrounding the broadcast, as its broadcast was notoriously interrupted. I feel this adds to the overall uniqueness as a plot device for The Adventures of Pete and Pete. We learn that the game would just be airing in 1991 in the Alpha Centauri star system, 365 billion miles away from Earth. This is my favorite episode because it explores a feeling we can all relate to, searching and yearning for a sign to show us we are not alone in the universe. Yeah, uh, great episode. I feel like a real under-the-radar one. Um, Yeah. Like, I never hear much about it, uh, but I love the concept. Joe Jones. We've talked about that name. Yeah. Even when it's not Blowtart or Lurgner. Yeah. Joe Jones. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he's the one person that has a normal name in this world. And he's an alien. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry, spoilers. (laughs) Kind of. Um, Yeah. Uh, It did not make my list, but it's um, of the five specials, it's, I think, a strong one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty sentimental. Um, A lot, some good Artie and uh, Little Pete stuff in this episode. Yeah. Them crawling through the displays yeah um, i love being at the planetarium yeah that's a cool set um and then of course bringing back i forget the football player's name but they bring back the one guy who played with jo- uh, johnny unitas oh yeah yeah <laughs> he just yeah, that was food. great yeah. yeah yeah um also uh joe's uh, just a little touch a mm. pete and pete touch is the clothes sticking to joe's back yeah but static electricity yes oh my god i so, mean it just how do you come up with that it's perfect <laughs> Uh, well, let's listen to one more here. One more uh, here. This is from um, the blowhole herself, Melissa. <laughs> yes. Hey, blowholes! It's Melissa. My favorite Pete and Pete episode would have to be Sick Day. It always brings back the memories of trying to fake sick and stay home from school, and I never got away with it myself. So little Pete was a real hero to me. Um, the story's also really well thought out, but there's great quirky bits sprinkled in, like the kid who eats the plaque candy and the president cereal. It's just, I don't, I don't know how they come up with that stuff. It's just genius. And it's got some of my favorite characters, too. And I love the Ferris Bueller-esque ending when Pete is racing his mom home before she finds out that he faked sick and was gone all day. So it's awesome. And... Five Krebs stars from me. Very good. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. Um, it's a fun episode. Love the episode. I. That's the ultimate. Like, for me, especially as a kid, I think that was in my head as part of be, being sick. Like, if I thought about a sick day, I'm thinking about the episode of Pete. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. So many little details. And I do, I really, really love how the serial pieces look. Oh my gosh. The close up shots. Yes. 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 Love that. So great. Uh, you get a guest cameo from Chris Elliott here yes. as the meter reader. So, so good. And just a great, fun bit of like him staring into the meter, yes. seeing the future, and being like kind of tired after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Everything that happens in this episode. Uh, Male Woman McGinty. Mm-hmm. Um, LL Cool J. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is all around really uh, memorable, like uh, iconic maybe episode. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's a good one. Good pick. All right, well, should we do our close call? Yeah, let's do it. So 
so this would have been number 11. Had, yeah. Um, had, uh, yeah, the one that didn't quite make it on the list, whatever that is. Um, and, and I've been going back and forth on this. Okay. Uh, even as we sit here, I'm just speaking to waste a few seconds so that I can <laughs> oh make a final <laughs> judgment call. Farewell, my little Viking part one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This was so close, and I'm going with this episode because I feel like it slightly better fits the um, essential episode idea. Okay. Uh, which is Halloween-y. Wow, okay. Um, I, I mean, I feel like the reason why I didn't make the list is because it doesn't have quite as many like moments that I'm cracking up at, like lines that I'm just like losing it on. Yeah. Um, but it is like constructed so well. It's for me an essential Halloween episode of anything. Um, I love uh, Endless Mike as the bad guy and those huge uh, pumpkin masks. They're oh, like real gosh. pumpkin. Yeah, they're it's incredible. A, uh, um, it's like one of those cartoony moments that seems real still. Like yeah. they present it in such a way. Um, Everything about this episode, though, is, uh, is I love. You know, yeah. it's like maybe I could pick pick it apart a little bit, but I still like it's a joy to watch it. Yeah. Um, I always look forward to seeing it. Just the look of it. I love Wellsville being Halloweened yeah. up. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's a great one. Great one. They, I, I, they pull that uh, music that they use sometimes in um, Ren and Stimpy. The I forget what it's called. The dun dun. dun yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's a great one. Um, and I, I uh, one of just like the images of Pete and Pete that I love that does come into my mind every time the holiday comes around. At least is uh, the fog coming out of the pumpkins. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. The moon. The way yes. they animate the moon. Yes. So nice. Ned Richmond, just I mean, <laughs> Ole, man of space. Uh, yeah, Ned Richmond. Um, yeah, and Frank again. Frank the Crossing Guard. I think sometimes Stu overshadows yeah, Frank. Yeah, agree. Uh, which I get it, but like Frank's great. Yeah, like Frank is. You can count on Frank. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a wonderful. He's another character that seems fits perfectly into this world. Yeah, uh, and that he's so serious about his duty as a High strong, He's smoking yeah. cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Frank. Uh, well, great pick. Uh, my close call, you know, I don't want to, I feel like it's going to be in your top five oh, for sure. Okay. I feel weird that it's not in my top 10. I feel like other people will think it's weird mm. that it's not my top 10. Um, but that's uh, a special of Pete and Pete. And that is what we did on our summer vacation. Um, I think it's the best of the specials bar none. Yeah. It's, it was so cl- It was on my list for a little bit. Um, it's just not an episode that like, I, I, when I think about it, it makes me super happy, but like, I always kind of like have trouble, like kind of putting the episode together in my head. Hmm. Uh, like there's so many different little scenes in yeah. it. Um, but I love it. It was so close to making it. Um, of course this is where pretty much big Pete, little Pete and Ellen scare Mr. Tasty out of town. Um, and they're, they're trying to put the clues together, trying to figure out who he is, um, and much like other episodes of Pete and Pete and Nail Summer, it's got that like warm, humid feel. Oh yeah, that orange glow. Yep. It, it, it's just mm. it feels hot, um, and it starts building. It really feels like it's starting to build the world of um, Pete and Pete, like the, who mom and dad yeah. are, um, what Wellsville's like. Um, and again, 
I mentioned at the top of the episode, but I noticed in this episode too, just like unrelenting bird sounds, insects, um, as you've probably heard on this episode. (laughs) Um, And that feels great. That feels like I'm in a town with these kids. Um, You know, I do think like the Den Cleary, I love the name, but Den Cleary segment slows the episode a little bit for me. Uh, Like not, you know, I think Splashdown uh, realizes this more fully. Um, We get that first touch of what the music in Pete and Pete's going to be like with the Gothic Archies. Um, And perhaps, again, it's my close call, so it was so close, but perhaps the best last shot of any episode. Yes. Of them walking in the rearview mirror of Tasty's truck with the sun going down. Oof. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, great pick. I'm actually shocked to see it anywhere, like... Near your list. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you picked it. I did give it a five when we did, we did an episode review for this one. I've always loved it, but it, and when I watch it, I know it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, it, it never, it's never totally connected to me in the same way as some of these okay. other episodes. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Um, now I'm really interested in this. You ready for Ferguson's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're if you're a new listener, Ferguson's are uh, usually the thing we think is of the least, uh, not the least quality, but it's the thing we you know t- would just be least likely to tend towards. Yeah, I mean it's it changes a little sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. best of the worst, or yeah. I mean it's something along. In that this way. case, it's probably just the last Pete and Pete you think you'd watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and in my mind, there were, re- were really only three possible options. I mean, uh, I'm. I'd like to know all three. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to give you my Ferguson. Okay. And this seemed this seemed inevitable to me. Oh, Christmas, Pete. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's It felt to me when I thought about all these episodes as the least necessary of any episode. Ooh, but you want to have a Christmas episode. You. That's why it exists, though, I feel like. Okay. You know? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, so, if somebody at the network was like, Aren't you gonna have a Christmas episode? They're like, all right. Um, I, I mean, I like a lot about it. You know, we we do we have talked about this episode as well. Yep. Um, but it feels the least realized of to me of any of the episodes. It's pretty outrageous um, too, even for a Pete and Pete yeah, of this yeah. like this garbage man who won't like <laughs> take no for an answer. He must collect your tree. Yeah, yeah. He's like a pretty fantastical character. Yes. Uh, he is a true like villain character, yes, yeah. um, and there's some good moments. I like some shots in this one, like when they're running down the steps for Christmas. Um, but the rest of it, like the second half, I feel like especially feels like it just didn't quite capture the magic like any other episode does normally. Um, like it just felt like it, it didn't quite cohesively come together like some other episodes um the fighting santa like i like the concept even but i felt like it just didn't play out maybe as well as it could have okay um yeah it just feels like the episode that i don't absolutely need yeah i'm not compelled to rewatch i mean i shouldn't be so surprised it's in my bottom three yeah um but uh i still kind of like it like i can't help it i still like i 
I like the family teaming up together. I love the idea of like not stopping celebrating Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. But it is off. It's not. It's not of the quality of the other Pete and Pete's. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your other? What, what, my, what else in the bottom three here? My other two, of course, are of course uh, Day of the Dot and Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay. Okay. Well, my my Ferguson then just to piggyback off that mm-hmm. is Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Um, it feels like a little bit of a cop out because it's the first special. It's the first yeah. thirty minute thing they tried. Obviously, they're kind of feeling their way through it. The characters aren't quite in place yet. We get like ne- uh, villains we never see again. We get um, open face though. Open semi memorable. <laughs> yeah, open face. We get Mister Mister Beverly. Yeah, Mister yeah. Beverly, uh, and he's actually really good. Yes, I love he's, that guy. I wish he would have come back because yeah. he really feels like he belongs yeah. in the show. But um, you know what else uh, that guy's in of note? Uh, what? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my gosh, the garage attendant. <laughs> yep. yep. Wow. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, it just feels like a bit slim on story. You know, they're they're trying to. Miss Big Pete's in love with Miss Miss Fingerwood, and yeah. the squ- I actually they accidentally like kill the squid. And uh. it's the story of the squid. It, it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know it's fine, but it's it, it, you can definitely just tell like the classic touches aren't quite there yet, and the story is just like it feels a little long. Um, so like right when I it was the first one I watched, I started with the specials, and I was like, oh, like I I just don't love this one, mm. um, and it's not one I feel compelled to go back to. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Valentine's Day Massacre, uh, Oh Christmas Pete, and then the other one in my bottom, which might surprise you, I don't, I don't know, yeah. is uh, Dance Fever. Oh, okay. season three. I just, I don't love it. It's not an episode I think about when I watched it. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, it's a dance, and I like uh, Big Pete or Little Pete uh, pouring the hot wax over him and then sliding down the hallway. Yeah, that's a good yeah. shot. Yeah, it's a good uh, shot. It's definitely a cool shot. And I like Pit Stain pretty much. In general, yeah. Uh, so not you know. he's no Mike. Um, uh, they're close for like what's beautiful to me about whoa. it is like he uh, he does feel like Little Pete's own version of Mike. Like he, he does, but there's like a lot of explaining with Pitstain. Whenever Pitstain's yeah. there, it's like he's explaining what's happening that's, that's making him angry. And Mike, it's just like this man- malevolent. Force. I mean, you can't <laughs> beat Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, anyway, I like Pit Stain though. Okay. Um, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I think why that's I think O Christmas, O Christmas Pete and Valentine's Day Massacre are kind of like a fair like. It's just not the best Pete. Yeah, Pete's. yeah, but, for sure. Um, everything else we've talked about is uh, amazing television, kid, adult, '90s, modern. Yes. It's the oh, great episode. Speaking of, uh, you know what I? As I was um, just wandering around the internet, uh, looking at Pete and Pete stuff. During this, um, I noticed that one of the reviews on IMDb for the series itself is really good. I suggest reading it. It's like this guy that's like, um, I it, it's from quite a while ago now, but he said at the time uh, he was in his 60s and he just found this show through wow. his like stepdaughter or something. Uh-huh. And he's like, this is one of the greatest pieces of television ever. It's not just kids. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I certainly, to shout out, I've mentioned it before, I used the AV Club episode reviews. I kind of looked back at those. Um, they did those in 2011 and 12. I think her name's Mara Eakin. Um, she does these really thoughtful, every episode she does a write-up, um, and they're really thoughtful. So if you're looking for like someone who's breaking down the episodes, AV Club 
uh, has one on every episode, and they're they're good. They're mm. really well written. She's super fair. Uh, she's from Cleveland, uh-huh. uh, and she she loves it. Uh, she loves Pete and Pete. I think she did one of the reunions. She like hosted oh, the panel. Wow. Um, and there are some videos on YouTube of reunions. I'd recommend those yeah. too. Um, there's one that's an hour and forty minutes, but it's great. And Polaris plays, and it's really good. Um, so, boy, okay, talking Pete and Pete. It's my favorite thing to talk about yeah. for '90s Nick. Uh, it's been good to sit and talk with you about it in person. Yeah. Uh, generally, I've been doing these in my car. <laughs> Um, um, but I think next episode, 200. Yeah, big one. Uh, obviously, people big. know we're doing our top five. Yeah, It'd be funny if we were just like, you know what? That's it. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> but uh, share the news with people. Who is joining us to do our top five? Oh, man. Big name around here, uh, Danny Tamborelli. Little Pete himself. That's right. Talking Pete and Pete, man. Yeah. This is like... Surreal. Surreal. I mean, this is like a Pete and Pete surreal mo- type of moment. You know? Yeah. Um, I think he's going to do his top five. He's going to be on the sh- <laughs> on the show no matter what. I'm hoping he does a top five. Yeah. I'd love to know what he kind of he holds dear. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, but he'll be with us. I think, you know, no better way to celebrate 200 with someone from Pete and Pete. Yeah. Talking Pete and Pete. Yeah. It's very weird, <laughs> uh, but we're excited. Uh, and, of course, he's, he's kind of, I think, like Nickelodeon... Uh, royalty yes absolutely. figure it out all that i'm pete and pete uh and he has his own podcast uh, the adventures of danny mike which is also great yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned he's uh like entertainment royalty in my yeah. own you know yeah special little world i guess so yeah we, we're that's gonna be a ton of fun join us for 200 um we can't wait to, yeah i can't wait to find out what your top five is Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I just uh, am. I've been pretty pleased to hear your list so far because it's different than what I've expected. So Interesting, uh, okay. That has been enjoyable. My top five might not be. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, mine probably isn't either. What the hell? Um, yeah. But, uh, okay, cool. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, by the way, if you sent us a clip of your favorite episode but it didn't air on this episode, that means it'll air on episode 200. So uh, don't think we forgot you. If you sent us a clip, it will be played on the next episode. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, uh, all, all uh, places you can hear us. Leave us a review. That really helps. And um, boy, can't wait to go back to Wellsville. It's going to be so good. Uh, we'll see all you little femurs next week. <laughs>
Drink that. It's milk. <laughs>